0: fantastic to be together. Every Sunday is, you know, every day is Easter day, isn't it? On one level. But today is Easter Sunday. Isn't it great to be together and able to celebrate that? On Friday, we were together at the Hub, many of us, and some of us joined online. Uh, I'm sure wherever you were, you sort of spent some time reflecting on the cross. We were looking together in the Hub. Uh, my dad was speaking. If you, someone got up and started speaking, he said, probably lots of you don't know me, that was my dad, Terry McGovern. He used to lead this church. So he's part of the eldership team. He was lead the church for 20 years. It wasn't just some random guy who got up and started talking. Um, we were talking about it is finished. And you, another way to sort of say that, I suppose, or express that would be paid in full. The price for sin was paid in full by Jesus Christ. So if it was paid in full and if it's finished why bother with the resurrection? It's done. It's finished. Why bother with the resurrection? Well today it is Easter Sunday isn't it and across a large portion of the world Christians will be celebrating together. I always I read a book a long time ago and it it said it's written by I think a Canadian guy and he said, you know, in Canada he was from his point of view. We're just joining the end of the wave on Sundays, you know, in New Zealand and the islands, the Pacific Islands. There, they're up and they're twelve hours ahead, you know, and they're worshiping God. The believers there, they're praising God, and then across the world through the time zones, and then by the time you get to Canada, it's sort of nearing the end of the day. But we're sort of part of this wave of gratitude and worship that's going up to God this morning. You are part of something bigger than just this room in Watford. Even in Watford, there are other churches. You know, 500 yards away, there's another church that's worshipping God. I'm going to read this morning from, uh, well, we're going to, uh, this might be a slightly odd Easter message, but I don't think so. Um, But I'm going to read just from Luke 24, a few verses. This is a bit of the story of the resurrection. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words." And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these things seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. They had to remember what Jesus had told them, Jesus' followers, his closest followers. And then when these women who were devoted to Jesus, they loved him so much, they came to sort of put the spices and the stuff on his body to sort of stop it smelling so awful, they found he wasn't there. And they went and told the disciples, the, the core group, you know, if you're you know you're sort of your best your best team that were all around you, they told the core group, and they they thought, oh, this is just, you know, it seemed an idle tale to them. They're just making it up. They're grief-stricken, and so they're clutching at straws. But Peter went and looked. And when he saw the empty tomb, he marveled at these things. And it goes on to talk about how Jesus appeared to different some other disciples and they didn't quite recognize him at first, but then they did. And suddenly they were, this is their hearts burned within, within, burned inside them. They were excited by what was being explained to them, that all that Jesus had said was confirmed by the resurrection. Why bother with the resurrection? Because we can see from the disciples' reaction that there needed to be something else. They hadn't quite got the message, had they? Where after the crucifixion, they weren't all going, Charging around celebrating, yes, he's been crucified with what we've been waiting for. They were hiding, they were downcast, they were afraid. They thought, oh, we put all our hope in this guy. We thought he was going to be, you know, the champion and he's gone. The resurrection is so important because it confirms all that Jesus said it confirms all that he promised it 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 shows that the work that was done on the cross that glorious work was actually effective he is risen oh and we are raised with him we are raised with Christ did you know that you are raised with him if you've got a bible uh, it's going to come up on the screen if you haven't, but turn to Romans 6, uh, and I'm going to read from Romans 6, uh, which I've never done on a, a, as an Easter message before, but as I was reading it I, this week, I felt there was some stuff in there, particularly uh, a few verses that I really wanted to, God I felt God wanted to press into us about this idea of being risen with him. So I'm going to read the whole chapter. It will come up on the screen as well. I'll try and, are you right to click on, Gareth? Thank you. Says me trying to do two things at once, which, you know, I can't do. (laughs) (laughs) It's not because I'm a man or anything. (laughs) What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. I was going to read the rest of the chapter, but I'm not, I'm going to jump down to uh, verse 20. Uh, It says, Uh, No, sorry, not verse 20. Verse 22. You have been set free from sin and become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I hope you can sort of see why this is an appropriate scripture to look at at Easter. When we're talking about the the death and then resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have been brought from death to life. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we are raised to walk in newness of life. We've been united in a death like his. We will be united in a resurrection like his. Now, there are a couple of tenses, I suppose. This is a, a future thing. We will be. Resurrected like him. But this also has value for now, has meaning for now. This is for both now and the life to come. Paul doesn't say in this when he's writing, this is all for the future. He's talking about now. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. He doesn't say, don't let sin reign in your resurrection body that you'll get one day. He's talking about the now. We have been united with him in resurrection. We have been united with him in resurrection future as well. The life to come. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We have not experienced that yet. A, a, in a full sense. One day we will be resurrected, unless Jesus returns, and then I'm not quite sure the mechanics of that scenario for those of us who are still alive. But either way, we will end up with what is a resurrection body to live in in the new heavens and the new earth, which means that we have this future hope. But the first question to ask is Have you been united with him in a death like his? If you have, then you have assurance from these verses and from other verses that you will be united with him in resurrection. If you don't, then there are serious questions to ask. If you think, I'm not sure if I've been united with him in a death like his. And I think even for those of us who would say, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, have you been united with him in a death like his? Or have you said at a meeting one time, Yeah, I quite fancy going to heaven. Stick me hand up. I'll repeat this prayer. This is a little bugbear of mine. It's a slight aside. There is, let me phrase this. I, I, I won't be able to phrase it as carefully as I should do. There is not a salvation prayer. There is not a particular prayer that you have to pray to become a Christian. Okay? You have to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and follow Jesus. Okay. Now, there are some words that people have written down which are helpful in that process. But there is not a specific prayer that you must pray. Sometimes people say, have you prayed the prayer? I don't know what prayer they mean. Okay. There must be a genuine new birth that takes place. The Father draws us by the heart, and the Holy Spirit makes us new and we follow Jesus we are become alive to what he has done the promise of christianity the promise of eternal life with the father in the fa- fully in the father's presence is core to christianity paul writes when he's speaking to the corinthians or writing to the corinthian church uh, in 1 corinthians 15 he says this since our message is that christ has been raised from death how can some of you say that there is Uh, that the dead will not be raised to life. If that is true, it means that Christ was not raised, and if Christ has not, not been raised from the death, then we have nothing to preach, and you have nothing to believe. More than that, we are shown to be lying about God because we said that he raised Christ from death. But if it is true that the dead are not raised to life, then he did not raise Christ. For if the dead are not raised, neither Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is a delusion and you are still lost in your sins. The cross is no good without the resurrection. It would also mean that the believers in Christ who have died are lost. The bit where I said the cross is no good without the resurrection, that's not from the Bible. That was me saying that, just to be clear. If Christ is not... uh, I've lost my place now. It would also mean that the believers in Christ who have died are lost. If our hope in Christ is good for this life only and no more, then we deserve pity more than anyone else in all the world. But the truth is that Christ has been raised from death. As the guarantee that those who sleep in death will also be raised. For just as death came by means of a man, in the same way the rising from death comes by means of a man. For just as all people die because of their union with Adam, in the same way all will be raised to life because of their union with Christ. Each one will be raised. Have you been united in a death like his? The crucifixion was not a pleasant death. Have you really said, I'm going to die a death like yours. I'm going to die to myself to follow you. Because if you have, there's a promise of resurrection. That promise is core because if it's not there, if that promise isn't real, if it isn't legitimate, we're to be pitied as followers of Jesus more than anyone else because we're going... Hey, we're living for something different. Our main focus is on what's to come, and there's nothing there. If someone was living like that, you know, this is my, I mocked this up last night, this is not something that I own, this is my tombstone. I, I was, Millie was talking to me, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she's eight. She was talking to me about what people put on their doomstones. I think one of her books that she's read is like someone put something funny on there. This is what I think at the moment, mine said, I've said this to Megan, I've said this to my sister in law. My prayer, we've talked about this, is hopefully I will outlive Megan. You know, that's sort of that's what she wants as well. She's, you know, so I'm praying for that, you know. It's not likely. She's a woman. She's five years younger than me. You know, the odds are not in my favor. Um, (laughs) But when I die, you you know, and there's some people here who I'm sure will outlive me. This is what I would like written on my tombstone. Night, night. I love you. I missed out the eye. See you, tomato. When Millie was little, she couldn't say tomorrow. So she said tomato. She's now eight years old. She can say Tomorrow. Every night, I say to my children, we pray together. We thank God for various things throughout the day. Um, We pray together. And then I say, night, night, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. When I die, it's not the end. It's night, night. I love you and I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you when it's resurrection day. That is what we live in. That's how we should. That's the hope that we have. It's not just for now. It is for now. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's for the future, because Christ rose from the dead. We have that hope. I might think of something better, but I'm pretty pleased with that so far, to be honest. You'll notice I put it to be confirmed. It felt a bit odd to just put in a random date. (laughs) what do you want your sort of legacy to be what do you want it to be like what how do you want people to remember you do, they, do you want people to remember that you were living for eternity or that you were really successful in this life and then you know you built all of this wealth and finance and then actually it just sort got divided up you created these amazing things when was the last time someone spoke to you about Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs? I mean, you don't even know who he is <laughs> inventor inventor of the iPhone. It's probably me a couple of weeks ago when I said that he didn't really invent it. He sort of whipped his nerds to invent it for him. Um, <clears throat> but you know, this is a guy who created something that has changed the world. But you don't really talk about him very much, do you? But he's in your pocket. But you don't talk about him very much. What do you want to be remembered for? What are you living for? We need to put this before ourselves regularly. What am I living for? Because what Matthew prayed earlier, people living in dark times. I was on a call the other week uh, with... The guy who, within New Frontiers, he wasn't just me on this call. You know, I'm not that important. Um, who he sort of heads up the, the New Frontiers churches. He looks after the New Frontiers churches in Ukraine and that sort of region. And, you know, it's, it's dark times, but the gospel's there. They're, you know, the discussion is not, oh, we're so bad. You know, it's so bad. It's like, it is bad. You know, I need to sort of work out where I'm getting food for my family. But also, how is the gospel working? How are we sort of creating these churches out of clusters of people? Or what churches can we plug people into that have been displaced? We need to place this hope before us regularly. so It affects how we live today. Because we not only have a future hope, but a present one too. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And we could talk a lot about baptism. We're going to have some baptisms soon. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you've never been baptized, please come speak to myself or Andy. We're going to uh, have some baptisms coming up very shortly. And it's going to be a great occasion to celebrate uh, what God has been doing in people's lives. But this is saying these verses that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we are raised through the glory of the Father. We are sort of raised to a newness of life. That means that how we were before we met Jesus, something new and different should be happening now. We can walk in a newness of life. The Bible talks about the old has gone, the new has come. Something Resurrection life requires a different kind of living. And Paul goes on to describe it a little bit in the rest of uh, Romans 6. Because Jesus has died and because of his resurrection, he has died a death to sin for everyone. So we can be free from sin. If you're a slave to someone and you die, you're not that person's slave anymore because you're dead. It's hard to be a slave when you're dead. So then when you're raised to a newness of life, why would you go back to the old master and go, I'm alive again. I can be your slave. Isn't it fantastic for you? No. Raised to a newness of life. We can go... I'm dead to those things. They they well, I can't remember what the verse, the words were, the chains all come off or something. It's just the chains just the chains of sin try to clamp on, and it's like it's like you're covered in grease, you know, those people who swim the channel covered in goose fat or whatever. It just doesn't stick, just slips off. Can't can't get hold of you again. Shouldn't be able to get hold of us again. We can live free from slavery, but alive to God agents of righteousness in the world Ephesians 1 says that in this sort of resurrection life that's in us says this what is the immeasurable greatness of of God's power towards those who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places he's saying Paul is praying for the, this church. He's saying, I want God to work in you the power that he worked in Christ. The same way that he sort of, ex- some versions it says, exerted his strength to raise Christ from the dead and then to, sort of, as, as he ascended and seated him at the right hand and said, now everything is coming under your authority. That same power that God exerted, Paul prays, I want God to exert that in your life that you might live differently. Romans 8 said it says if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Does the spirit, you know, you got the spirit in you. It should be it should be energy, it should be power, it should be Effort, effort's a wrong word. There should be a, sort of a drive, I suppose, to serve God. I want to do these things. In that Romans 6 passage, Paul says, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Now, I've never seen this film but do you know what the start of this song is? Consider yourself, yeah. I've never seen Oliver. I've never read the book. I've never... Is it a play? Whatever. Um, as a kid, I was told that maybe I should audition to be Oliver, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but the lyrics of this song, I, sort of, I know the first few. Consider yourself at home. Consider yourself part of the family. Consider yourself at home. What does that mean? Does it mean go back to your house And think about yourself. No. Consider yourself, so regard yourself as at home. This is now your home. This is now your family. It doesn't mean think about yourself. We must consider ourselves dead to sin. We must regard ourselves as dead to sin. You're dead to it. You're a follower of Jesus, you're dead to sin. So when sin, when temptation comes, it's like, it's, the thing that it's tempting is a dead body, which can't, as we said, it can't respond. It's dead. There's no life in it to sort of act on those impulses. But we're alive to God. Do you consider yourself alive to God? Do you consider yourself at all? I mean, you should think about yourself. You should think, I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to it. When sin, when temptation comes to do something or to act in a certain way, there's no real power there because I'm dead to sin. Actually, I'm alive to God. I need to consider myself, I don't do those things anymore. I do these things because I'm alive to God. What does God want me to do? I was chatting with someone the other week and I said, I think one of the best ways for Avoiding, you know, falling back into bad habits and temptation is to be alive to God. Do all of the things that God wants you to do, and you will be exhausted. You will have no energy left to sin. Because He is risen, we can be free. Because He is risen, you can stop whatever it is gossip. Lusting, being angry. Paul says, offer the members of your body as instruments for righteousness. Because he is risen, you can start to pray as often as you want to. Read the Bible as often as you want to. Share the gospel as often as you would like to. So you don't have those moments afterwards where you think, Oh, I could have said something there. I could I could have told them about Jesus, but I didn't. It's a really great well I think it's a good practice is to take stock of yourself and you know, if you're not self aware, maybe you could get someone who's close to you to help you with this, list the sins that are most common in your life. And then, look, how can I flip those? So that's what I'm dead to. Now, how can I become alive to God in those areas? So, for example, if you say mean things or you say spiteful things or you shout at people because you're angry, you think, well, I, that's my mouth. Well, with my mouth and my tongue, I actually, I shouldn't be you know, doing those things. I should be blessing people. So that's how I can be alive to God. I'll I've, I've flip that round. So this is a very um, this is this is the application point very practical you can do this when you you know maybe not today but maybe when you get home list out these things what do i do you know maybe you're a violent person and you have you know that's your past that's what you've been saved from and you've hit people and you've been aggressive and those kinds of things actually you can use your hands to serve And bless others. And we need to, you know, these things take practice. We have to almost rehearse them, I think. So things like, uh, you know, self-denial and fasting. Fasting is like a self-imposed restriction, isn't it? We get that? That's, you know what I mean? So we've just come out of this season of Lent, whether you've observed that or not, and we're coming into Easter Day, which you know I call Feaster, because it's, you know, we've finished Lent, we've finished the fasting section, now it's Feaster. We're going to eat, we're going to celebrate that Jesus is alive, and we're going to have great food to celebrate that. Um, but it's important to do the before bit, the fasting bit. One, because doing those things, it teaches us to be able to say no to sin when it actually matters. Because we know what it's like to deny ourselves. We know what it's like to say, actually, I want to do this. I want to eat that. I'm not going to. And so I want to give in to this temptation, but I'm not going to because I've been trained. I've trained myself. With the work of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has enabled, enabled me to be disciplined and follow what Jesus actually wants me to do. Occupy with yourself with the service of God and you'll find your time and energy to sin becomes limited. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Not a one and done. Keep being filled. Go on being filled so that he can exert his great power through you. We are dead to sin and alive to God. So let's ask God to work his resurrection power in and through us so that we can live a resurrection life that displays the glory of God just as Christ's resurrection did and does and will. Get him off the screen. This is how we're going to finish. Ask God can't see that one because of the sun. Ask God to work his resurrection power in and through you so that you can live a resurrection life that displays the glory of God as Christ's resurrection did and does and will. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you that you demonstrated your might you displayed your glory you exerted your power if it's not irreverent to say you flexed your muscles Lord Father you, you raised Christ from the dead as a sign and a confirmation that what was done on the cross was effective That it was done, it was done, it was finished, it was paid in full and that your son was raised to life to demonstrate your glory and your power. That death couldn't hold him because he was perfect. There was no blemish of sin on him though he took the full weight of punishment for it. He was perfect and pure. So we pray this morning, help us through your Holy Spirit, fill us again with your Spirit, let it flow out of us, let it pour over us that we might live in the resurrection power, that we might walk in newness of life, that we might display the glory of our Father, that people would look at us And see the light of the world reflected from your son. That the church together would be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. That people would look in times of darkness to a city of refuge. A city of light. And that we would bring glory to your name, Father God. That we would be your agents of righteousness. That in our individual lives we would be changed from one degree of glory to another. One level of obedience to another. That people might look at us and go, you're different from how you were last week. You've changed. Lord, let us be a people that change. Do it all for your glory and in your name. We ask these things, Lord Jesus. Amen. He is risen. We are raised with him into newness of life. Let's live it. There's a prayer team. If you want to pray about any of this stuff, if you want to say, if you think, I'm not sure, I'm not sure about whether I've been united with Christ in a death like his. Speak to the prayer team. Come and speak to myself or Andy. And we'd love to talk to you about that. Explore some of that with you.